What's up and welcome to the Los Wise Guys podcast. I'm your host, Aslam, a.k.a. Rock God of the Sun, accompanied by Dan, Papa Sun Killer. And as you can see, we are missing our third um, Emperor Disco. He had some family stuff to take care of. So, you know, he's out there taking care of it. As did we a week ago. Yeah. So it, it happens. A lot going on. It comes with the age range, yo. We get old. You know, we got to start taking care of family and shit. So, TCB. Yeah. I know what it means to me. You know, take care of business. You know, R E S P E C T. Well, I know that, but I don't know. Oh, TCP is part of it? Yeah, that's part that's in there. Oh, the only part I know is R E S P E C T. I don't know what it means to me. That's it. That's all I know. R E S P E C T. Take care of TCB. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Learn something well, new every day on this podcast. Aretha Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Want to learn a new fact about a song that came out in the 1970s? We got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. We're going to take care of that. Yeah, go check out the last episode where we where you learned about aliens. Yeah. They're real. <laughs> Aretha Franklin and aliens, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we do it all. We do From it all. Aretha to aliens. Yep. From A to A. There you go. We went around on the alphabet, came back. R E S P E C T. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> respect those aliens. <laughs> Give them all the respect they deserve. They're real. Yeah. They're out there TCBing. What were we going to talk about today? Take, they we're were doing? taking care of business. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, what oh, we man. doing today? Who the fuck knows at this point? We just <laughs> we just bouncing off everywhere. Um, speaking of bouncing off everywhere uh, and outer space there. and aliens, Yeah. our topic uh, our first topic for today is Xbox Starfield's expectations. Let's go. It shouldn't be Starfield. It should be Starfield's, but it's fine. We're going to let it slide. No, Xbox is Starfield expectations. Yeah, there we You're go. You're excited. You're talking about more than one field. Out there, there we go. It's fixed. There, it there we go. Magic, people. That's that's technological magic. Boom, boom. A- yeah. Aliens ain't got shit on us. TCB. That's right. That's, that's um, the theme of this episode. <laughs> TCB. Um, but yes, uh, Starfield expectation. Now, this was Xbox' big game for this year's was biggest game of this year. They their first big game failed horribly, and I feel. Okay. Uh, yes, I forgot which one it was. Um, the vampire one. Redfall. Redfall. So that was supposed to be. Uh, one of their big releases as well. Xbox has is trying to release four big games a year, um, according to Phil Spencer. Um, they released High Rush. High Five Rush. I was about to say High Five Rush did do good. That was kind of a that was in like the nineties. Yeah, uh, that was good. And what? Sorry, that game came out earlier this year. I'm sorry, 90s as in points on open critic. Oh, okay, okay. That's how, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I was like, how, Xbox really wasn't invented, but it didn't exist back then. He's like, my man said it came out in the 90s. Man, yeah, he said this shit came out in the 90s. Like, <laughs> nah. He's like, how do you know he wasn't even born yet? Um, but no, I mean, like, it hit in the 90s on open critic. Um, and the reason why I bring open critic is that's how we. Um, score games with our, especially with our league as well. So that's kind of what we are baseline. Yes, sir. So that did well. That was a shadow drop. Then you had like Redfall, which did horribly. Um, And then now they released Starfield. Now, before Starfield came out, people were worried uh, since Redfall's launch was very shaky and not good. 
But a couple other reasons too, though. Uh, you want to walk through those reasons? Yeah, sure. Um, so Redfall, like you said, a great point. It was kind of like, hey, Redfall didn't hit. It was supposed to. You really need to get your shit together with Starfield. Yeah. Um, and remember, uh, Phil Spencer, he went out there. He actually went on the kind of funny X-Cast, uh, their Xbox podcast. Yeah. And they were ta- he was talking about it. He kind of just was like, hey, I fucked up. I know I fucked up. Mm-hmm. We fucked up as a company. We're going to we're gonna own it. So, yeah, yeah. like, and he's telling people, it's like, listen, if you don't want to buy our next game, like, I don't blame you for it. I mean, if I was in your shoes, I probably wouldn't either. Uh, you guys want us to put our money where our mouth is. So we're going to make sure that any future games, they're not going to be released until we we are ready. And like I said, the next big game is Starfield. Yeah. So that's the thing. They, they've pushed it back a couple times here and there over the years. And uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, it's finally happened. It's finally coming out. But not only that, so this is game, this is game developed by, um, first off, it's published by Bethesda. It's yes. developed by Bethesda Softworks. So... Bethesda is the people. Um, Bethesda Softworks are the people who do the Elder Scrolls games, not online, but they do Skyrim, Oblivion. Um, they do uh, Fallout, like Fallout Three, Fallout Four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're they're doing their thing. They're out there doing good games. Now, Bethesda, the publishing studio, is uh, also responsible for games like Redfall. That's a Bethesda uh, publisher mm-hmm. um, published game. Uh, so is Fallout seventy six. Mm-hmm. So it's not made by that same developing team. Um, and if it is, I think it was something where it was a small team that wasn't the whole team. Some some mess there. Yeah. So it's kind of like this is the first time this team has made a game since Fallout 4. And Fallout 4 was a good game. It wasn't the biggest hit in the world, but it was a good game. So this is kind of them just being like, hey, the first time they're ever making their new IP since Elder Scrolls, which came out. Honestly, I saw them back in the early 2000s, maybe 90s, uh, when, when Elder Scrolls original, like Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls um, like Champion, I think it was called, uh, came out or Arena, something along those lines. Um, so this is their first IP. They've supposedly been working on CP since then. So from like, let's say it's 2000 to now. So that's over 20 years. And yes, it has been over 20 years that they've been working on this new IP, this idea called Starfield. Yeah. So it's kind of like this game's been an idea for at least 20 years. They have to deliver. And... Uh, it's officially out today. People have been playing it. Uh, early access was out for a week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, reviewers have been playing it even before then. And um, as of right now, I'm hearing good things. Yeah. It's so far, last I checked, it was uh, sitting at an 87. Damn. Um, so, yeah, it was 88 for a while. And I think when I saw it today, it was sitting at an 87. I didn't look at it today. That's upsetting. Yeah. I mean... I mean, you still got a lot of points, but um, every point counts. With with Starfield, to, to like, so the game is like a space opera, and it has elements of like. Let's back up to eighty eight. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it has elements of like the what's the other game, the space game that nobody liked. Uh, where you like travel from planet to planet for no reason? Oh well, it's like now it's um, it no man's sky. No man's sky. Thank you. This is what no man's sky was supposed to be. Yes, true? yes. So it has those type of elements. It has you know, uh, um, oh, fuck, I am brain dead today. Sorry. It has elements like it's it has like shooters it, it, like, you know, you have your action, you have your storyline. Now, I don't know exactly if it has the same qualities of Mass Effect where you can create like you have decisions to make or it's a linear storyline where you, the decisions don't matter. 
um, if it's kind of like more in the line of like a, a, what did you call it? A Metroidvania? So For like, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's not a Star Metroidvania. Wars, yeah. um, uh, Jedi, Jedi, you know, um, but yeah, so I, I haven't played it yet. I, I, I did see some gameplay, but I usually just skim through it to kind of see what it kind of look like. Uh, you have your spaceship. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you resources that you will be collecting, um, managing and upgrading and doing all this stuff. But um, I guess we I want to know a little bit about the, the story. Like, what is your mission in Starfield? So from my understanding, well, first off, it is. Have you ever played a, uh, a Bethesda game? Have you played a Fallout? Have you played a Skyrim Fallout? or Elder Scrolls or anything? No. No Skyrim, no Oblivion. No. So this is that, but in space. People have been referring to this game as No Man's Skyrim. Um, <laughs> I like it makes that. perfect sense. Yeah, I, um, I think you have explained this to me before. Yeah. We have like the main storyline, but a shit ton of side missions exactly. that you can also do. And like, yeah, okay. and their side missions are not just any side mission. They're like huge, like yeah, yeah, worthy of being a main story in any other game. Like when Bethesda software space game, they go hard. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Skyrim came out November 11, two thousand eleven. And I think just this past year, they did release another edition of that game. Damn. They haven't stopped. Like, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? 2023 from 2011. That's how you know, like, when they make a game, they put their foot in it. They do the damn thing, you know? Yeah. TCB. But they're going out there. TCB, baby. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so from uh, my understanding, the think of it like Mass Effect. Um, mm-hmm. You're out there. You're working. You're, uh, you're uh, mining stuff out in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... You touch something, you have a vision. Oh, and Skyrim begins. Nice. I'm Skyrim. I'm sorry. <laughs> Red, what is I was it? just what like, yeah, I, yeah I, I, compl- like, I was like, yeah, I completely agree. Skyrim. That's kind of um, a mission, and in, 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 that's a mission in Skyrim. That's a side mission. <laughs> shit, same shit happens. The whole, all of Starfield is a is a side mission in Skyrim. <laughs> you go to yeah. you get transported real quick to outer space. Yeah, no. So it's like you do that, and then you do stuff. Now there are different things that I've seen in the game where. Um, you could go out and be a, be a goddamn space pirate if you want. There's actually a group of pirates. You join up with them. Uh, there's like the space force, space police, I guess, the Green Lanterns without the powers. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you do that and they kind of feud with each other. Um, there's a couple other missions. There's this one side mission, uh, Eslam, where you're basically space Batman. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't know the details, um, but essentially uh, what it comes down to is you're doing like a little stupid side mission where it's like, hey, go collect this thing or whatever. And then while you do it, you find this little note and then you find out that there's this person who's been a superhero who's like going around these different areas and protecting people and then they kind of disappear and then at one point you actually go find the lair which is essentially the back cave nice. and then you kind of realize that it's like a, a a title that's been passed down upon generations and it's basically space batman nice um so that's out there that's that's out there for you guys to find i, I kind of gave you the gist there is more to it than that yeah but um And you could do these things. Hear me, Eslam. Yes, you you froze for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what was the last thing you heard me say? <sighs> All right. Sounds good. So you could go out there. Yeah. <laughs> you could be. Uh, you could go ahead and be Space Batman. Yeah. Um. And yeah, but uh, like I was saying, you could go ahead and never come across that mission. You don't even know it exists. That's how big this game is. 
um, Pete Hines, the uh, like head guy in uh, Bethesda, said that he played the game and he said the game doesn't actually start till you beat it. And uh, I've heard a couple other people play the game and kind of confirm that we're like they're on their fifth playthrough now wow. of this game, and it's still coming up different <laughs> each time. So it's like yeah. there's a lot to fucking do in this game. Apparently. Yeah, I was just about to ask. It's like how how can the game how can you keep interest with a game so big? You know what I mean? How do you keep players keep coming back and putting hours in? Um, you know, week after week um, and not get bored and be like, all right, I'm done with this and kind of leave it for like a year and and maybe never come back to it. Um, so now I know this is a horrendous comparison if it's like a game that never ends or how is it? Because this one doesn't really have a storyline, but there, no, it does. There is, just, no, I'm not talking really about. Knows. I'm not talking about Starfield. I'm talking oh. about the game I'm trying to compare it to. But I'm just saying this is a horrible comparison. But like Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter is never ending. It's just a constant grind. Um, now, obviously, this game is not that. It has a story. It has like story side missions, and but at the same time it's so big it's like you never beat it or you beat it and you kind of like all right well i can go back and do more it's like at what point do you get bored and be like all right i'm done and at what point are the are i'm sure like you said they keep putting out more like dlcs and stuff for the game like they've done with skyrim and space is is vast enough that they can do this for another hundred years um, the more we find out about space, the more they can just start adding to the game. But at the same time, like, I feel like I would just like, I either because new games come out and I kind of like want to spend time on that. And mm -hmm. maybe if I have time, but then it's like, I'm never going to have time to come back to it because there's always something new. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is, again, it's like, how do you keep player interest for such a long time for such a vast game? Like you've, as a as a developer you put so much into this like you said this is 20 years in the making and now people maybe play it for like a month and then they're done with it you know what i or mean or they or they play it for years sure i i i feel like you'll have your core group that will play it for years but that's yeah. not going to be the mass no you're right it's not i mean it's one of those things where it's like it's it's going to sound weird but you don't Unless you're making a live service game like, uh, I guess, Monster Hunter Counts or something like uh, Apex Predator or Fortnite. Um, Apex Predator, Apex Legends, I would say. Um, <laughs> or Fortnite, where you're, there is no story. Oh, I mean, there, there might be. Yeah, so it's kind of just like, so go out here and do this. What, what's it called is going to be? Uh, Suicide Kills the Justice League? Pretty much. Oh, damn. Yeah. Go out here, just do this over and over and over again. Mm. Some people love that. Um, yeah. I know Apex Legends is a beloved by many people. Khalil, yes. he's been on the podcast a couple times. He loves that game. No. Um, so, you know, it's one of those. Now, one thing that we could talk about is, um, like, Eslam, you're talking about other games you want to get onto, move to. Um, not everybody is able to get a bunch of games. So it's like, true, it's one of those true. things where it's like you'll have like one kid. Who wants to ask his parents, hey, I really want to get, you know, video games. Maybe he'd only get like two games a year. Maybe he convinced his parents to get him Game Pass. 
And with Game Pass, you have a bunch of games and Skyrim. I'm Skyrim. God damn. <laughs> I want to play Skyrim so fucking bad, guys. <laughs> yeah. But Starfield is Wait, available here, so on Game Pass. you can remember what we're Thank talking you. Appreciate about. Appreciate That's what it is, Starfield. Yeah. It's the S. But, um, yeah, no. So Starfield's available on Game Pass. Uh, yeah, day today, one. The yeah. 6th. Yeah. So um, that's one thing. Or if he can't get Game Pass and he can tell his parents, hey, I can only get one game. He's going to be playing this game forever. And he, yeah. there's always going to be new content for him to play, you know, on this game. Uh, that and they also have uh, procedurally generated worlds and planets, uh, just like No Man's Sky did. So you have the system itself creating mm. stuff on planets. So you can find a planet nobody's ever been on or whatever. Um, since it's a single player game, you don't like really share your world with anybody. But you'll. I you'll was get to about to ask that. I was like, can yeah. you like? From my understanding, co-op? this is in there. Don't 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 uh, quote me on that. But yeah, no, there's no co-op. At least not now. Um, I'm sure somebody's gonna mod it so that you can. Uh, Bethesda games, they're, the Bethesda is really good about having their stuff get modded, especially on PC, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because like when Skyrim was doing it, they let you do mods. Uh, people came up with so many mods. I mean, the famous one is Macho Man, Randy Savage Dragon, um, <laughs> who just go around screaming, ooh, yeah, and snap to Slim Jim while he's like murdering people. <laughs> That's like one of the most that's, famous mods that's there fucking is. amazing. Yeah, it's just a dragon with Macho Man's head on it. Um, but... um. So it's like, yeah, once they had all these different mods and stuff, they allowed them to work on console. Yeah. So Bethesda is like really cool with like, hey, mod the game. Do what you got to do. Make it more fun. Why yeah, not? Why not? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's smart. It keeps player engagement. Exactly. But yeah. yeah, so between all that, that does keep you on the game for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, you and I, we're, we're privileged enough that we can get multiple games here. Not everybody can do that. But even so, it's one of those games where... I want to play Mortal Kombat when it comes out. I'm I'm, I'm loving Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate came out on PlayStation Five today, same day as mm. uh, uh, Starfield. And there's so many other games like Alan Wake Two is going to come out. There's so many other games I want to play uh, for the rest of this year and next year. But let's be real, it's one of those things where I could finish those games. I could pick up Spider Man Two. I could play it. I could love it. Yeah, it's great. And it, what am gone. I going to do? Yeah. Oh, I got nothing else to do. Let me Starfield. jump back into Starfield because yeah, it's yeah. still there. There's still more content for me. Yeah, you don't have to finish it immediately you can keep going back to it if you want that's what a lot of people do with skyrim a lot of people never finish skyrim they still go back to it every once in a while yeah you yeah know? that makes sense yeah. yeah i and i hope they keep doing that because i mean if, if i'm a developer who spent 20 years developing this on and off i i definitely want people to spend uh, a lot of time enjoying the hard work i put into it you know what i mean so you want to know something i think about yeah <laughs> so a lot of their in Bethesda games, you literally pick up anything. You walk into a kitchen, you want to pick up a fork, you pick up a fork. You can grab anything. People use a funny thing is like people would grab a bunch of wheels of cheese and just keep it in their fucking house because you buy a house and Skyrim just have a fucking house filled. You have one room that's get dedicated to uh, wheels of cheese. Hmm. So I always wondered because they have books where you read the text. What if there's just like a random like you'll find one note where there's like a random ass grocery list or something like that, something completely there. Think of it the developer whose job it is to do that stuff. Yeah. Where people are not going to pick that up. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just painstakingly it's like, all right, I'll put down carrots, <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> like that's a, that's think, intern work. <laughs> you know, that's but, intern work. But I'm just saying, it's like, even so, somebody's doing that. Yeah, just think yeah. about it, like a game this huge where you're making so many different things that like you're making so, so much content that's interesting. people are never going to even that's see. That's an interesting point you you say there. Someone is doing it. Now, I wonder if, if, AI is going to become developed enough where AI is going to end up doing that, doing those little background tasks or doing it in like in game while you're playing. I mean, what's a procedurally generated world at that point? Sure, sure. 
it, it, I'm sure it does have a little bit of AI into it, but I'm talking about like smarter AI, like the, mm -hmm. the stuff that's coming out now where it's, it's somewhat smart enough where you can have like a full conversation with it. Um, with limited responses, sure, but you know it's it's smarter than anything we've ever seen. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to playing this in the next five years. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know me, I still haven't even finished Spider Man One. I haven't been able to touch it in the past like month. So um, I'm trying to get to it, and uh, hopefully, there's a bunch of other fucking games. But yeah. I'm well, I'm still waiting on that fucking PS Five Pro. Yeah. They need to hurry uh, the fuck up. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't mind waiting for that. But nah, uh, nah, what's they need to end the end of this year. Let's go. Oh, it's not happening. I uh, know. Maybe it, maybe they'll announce it. I'll give you that. But that's that's as far as it's going. <sighs> um, go get a portal. You'll be fine. Now, yeah, um, look at it here. <laughs> well, so I can connect to yours. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you'd have to still buy a PlayStation. But, yeah. But um, you'd have to. I think even be in the home, in my house to do it. But oh, uh, I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. No, the, the uh, oh, I, I, whatever. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. No, actually, no, because I'm pretty sure you, you can yeah, connect I think your you're Wi-Fi. You're supposed to be able to use it outside. Yeah, yeah but you, you obviously your PlayStation would still have to be on, so like nobody yes. else could use your PlayStation at home because yeah, yeah. it's you using it just through a remote device. Yeah. But um, from what you have seen of Starfield, what what are you trying to do out there? What are you trying to do in space? You're trying to make your own ship, be make a Millennium Falcon, or you're you're trying to go be a pirate. You're trying to start a, a new colony. Like honestly, like from what I've seen, it's kind of like limitless yeah. options. So what are you trying to do out in space? Um, I might be Elon Musk out here. You know, colonize a planet, hmm. uh, go do some farming, some hunting, start a civilization, hmm. be a god. Um. <laughs> find a planet with little creatures enslave mm. them do my work my mm. bidding um maybe create an army i don't know mm. is that possible would i be able i don't to do know that? maybe that would be know. really cool if i can create a space army and start just fucking conquering shit. <laughs> like that'd, that'd be, be awesome. fucking awesome yeah. yeah if you could that'd actually be pretty cool um maybe i honestly don't know add really a little rts in there mm -mm -mm -mm. um Not for me but um with like uh no i said a little not a hundred percent i don't want like any of it. i i don't like rts like R i'll try i'll try stuff here there's i used to thing. love rts because i used to play that game yeah uh you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about yeah I don't star. Know. yeah star, I think. whatever um <clears throat> yeah rcb um the fuck's a rcb I, I don't know bro what is it something business what are you trying oh take care of business tcb oh, tcb there you go oh man i thought you were talking about like the red blue uh yellow wires the red the red RB, white yellow RBG. wires yeah red, blue, green. connect to the <laughs> get away from starfield guys so i i, I kind of want to go out there my thing is um uh, I kind of just want to see where the story takes me. Um, I've always been a big fan. Like when I play uh, Skyrim or El any Elder Scroll game like that, I always like seeing the side mission, especially the Dark Brotherhood stuff. It's usually pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I kind of want to go out there, see what I could do. Um, I always like end up making, a, like many people, a build that's kind of just like a stealth, like bow and arrow kind of guy. Hmm. I suck at shooters. Yeah. My biggest issue with this game is that it is predominantly shooting. Yeah. So I'm going to have to get over that. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about are a couple of like, the things that people don't like about the game. I do want to, because we're talking about all the good things, but there are some setbacks. It's typical Bethesda stuff. 
uh, Encumbrance is in the game. Um, fucking hate it. I don't understand why I it exists in games. Is. Okay. Um, you, you're holding too much shit and you can't move. Are you moving ah. slowly? Okay. I understand you're trying to make it realistic, yeah. but you also want it to be fun. Yeah. Don't do that. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, honestly, at this point, just don't fucking do it. Um, and, uh, it's also, apparently this game is, uh, it's a Bethesda game, Bethesda Softworks, which means there are bugs. They don't make a game without bugs. They're known for that shit. Um, some of them even become endearing to the point where it's like, ah, it's Bethesda. So you kind of just let it go. But one popular one, let's see if I can do it without fucking up the mic. One popular one is like, um, well, anytime you play a Bethesda game, you do this thing where it's like the moment you interact with someone you go to talk to them the screen like kind of like shifts and then they're the main focus and you're staring at them and they're kind of just like hello how are you doing i'm in space and then they, there's this thing where there's this bug going on for some reason people would like if they're like turned around and you're talking to them they don't like turn around they're just like hey what's going on how you how you doing over there <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who's not watching the youtube version of this i'm literally just like facing the opposite direction of my camera just looking over my shoulder talking it's like hey I, I have this really important mission i need you to take care of for me real quick you have to go to mars <laughs> and it's like Damn. the game does that and then they'll have that moment all these then, npcs are gonna need a chiropractor later <laughs> for real and then there's there's one funny one where it's like somebody walks up to you then as he's talking he's like okay well i'm gonna need you to go ahead and just take care of this <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just walking off screen yeah. you know that's so funny. there's a lot of bugs like that which is common in bethesda games so that's still in there apparently um, but yeah, you're, I'm sure you're going to be seeing a lot of funny videos on YouTube about like bugs people are encountering and what's going on or somebody like phasing into the middle of a table and not able to get out. So, um, but yeah, there's still a lot of stuff like that. Encumbrance is an issue. I hear people don't like the traveling system, uh, where if you want to travel from like one planet to another, you kind of have to like go into menus. There's a lot of different menus to do stuff. Um, Alana Pierce, uh, famous online gamer from so many different companies, um, also worked on Ragnarok. Um, she, um, she did this thing where she was like, Hey, it's, you can fly from one planet to another without fast travel, but it just takes a really long time. I think she said it was like seven hours. <laughs> so Jesus. like real lifetime. Yeah. Um, so th- that's why there's fast travel obviously, but it's kind of just like annoying. Cause you have to like go into one menu to go into another menu. You can't just go to a planet. You have to like kind of like do a little layover at one planet and, and then you have to stop at Atlanta like everywhere else in the world and then you go back to another planet. Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, so there's like a couple little things like that that are a little annoying. Maybe after a month or two, maybe a year, here's some feedback. Maybe that's some stuff they could get, you know, get adjusted, but yeah. Yep, and he's Ooh, frozen again. You hear me? Yeah, there you go. Now there it back. is. Yeah. I was ending my sentence. So I was just saying okay. a lot of good things. Um, so. <laughs> Yo, that was a troll from God. That's so messed up. <laughs> Am I good right now? Am I good? I, I hope so. Let's it's see a good God game, says. but there's some annoyances. <laughs> Yo. Phil Jesus. Spencer out here trying to fuck us up just because you talk talking shit. Stuff. Don't talk about the bad stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Wait till I get to do wrestling. You know that's where it always fucks up when I do the wrestling stuff. <laughs> oh, so let's God. see. Uh, before we get into that, uh, let's just jump in. This is a quick three-minute video with some gameplay, and let's end with that. Um, just watch this real quick. I mean, it it is a beautiful looking Humanity game though. Humanity has so always the, hunted the for graphics, knowledge in the unknown. Um, is definitely up there 
the wonder is. Not that the field of stars is so vast, but that we have measured it. to the biggest question of all. What's out there? You're part of Constellation now. Was that a... what's it called? Of our family. Hmm. I forgot the game already. Well, why do I even try? I hate you, Esther. Why do I even try? I hate you so much. We do not that looks like Omega from Aspect 2 just now. No finer group in the stars to be Was that DJ Khaled? Yeah. I'll follow you from here on out, Captain. Alright, one second. Where's that fucking giraffe? That game, damn, with the robot animals. Oh, um. This right here. Okay, that's a good call. Uh, I think that's organic. Um, oh, fuck. Horizon. Yeah, there you go. You're part of Constellation. I thought you were saying, is that DJ Colin? Like, no, it's part not. Part of our family. We do not fully understand all that is at work here. That's not DJ Colin right there? Where? Oh. No? Well, it's not. That's not well, that looks like DJ Khaled. <laughs> a more fit version of DJ Khaled, but... I'll follow you from here on out, Captain. You see that thing where he's talking to Rick Ross about drinking milk? Doing what? He and Rick Ross are arguing about what milk is the best milk to drink. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're both fat as fuck, too. Another great secret the universe is asking us to unravel. Human settlements throughout the galaxy could be at risk. We are not stopping. Whatever lies at the end of this road will change humanity forever. This is where we belong. <clears throat> I mean, that looked great, man. I mean, it's a great trailer. It, it's very interesting looking. It's very well, the, now here's the thing why couldn't they just copy the the fast travel from mass effect like that worked out pretty well from like planet to planet I mean, galaxy to galaxy no sure yeah but like you know you you the map activates you pick a fucking planet you hyperspace travel to it and you're done like why is it i don't know i mean i mean i i can't give you an answer on something like yeah. that and, um but 
I'm sure they have their reasons. Um, yeah. They they do want to do a lot of, uh, as you saw in that trailer, um, space combat. There was none of that in Mass Effect. So that's another thing that they want to have incorporated. So Sure, but like, I'm, all right, I can have space combat around the planet, and then I have to get up there to hit a certain point to fast travel, you know, like a like a hub that shoots me somewhere with like hyperspace, yeah. you know. Honestly, I would rather have it done the way it's done in the Star Wars movies. Once I I have I have a guide that's just like, all right, my my computer system and my spaceship has had figured out a guide. I just have to like press the activate. thing and then I shoot. Yeah, thank you. Activate. Yeah, so usually they 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 have to clear the planet's atmosphere first, and then once they hit space, yeah. they're like, all right, calculation done to the planet we want to go to. Activate. I feel like that would be poof. the that would be the yeah, most like that could have been but, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, we're I mean we're not game developers, so maybe there's some tactical reason. As to why they can't do it, a specific well, maybe way. because if 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 they are if the system is creating new planets, then you have to go that way to for it to kind of load up whatever planets it created or is going to create, so you can travel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. There, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I would love to see a. Um, I'm sure we'll see breakdowns once in like a week or so, once yeah. people start showing stuff. I mean, people no, they've been showing stuff for a minute already. That's how I know so much that because I've been yeah. watching a decent amount. I I would like to see a no clip documentary. Um, anybody who hasn't ever heard of this, I highly suggest you check them out. It's a YouTube channel called No Clip, created by Danny O'Dwyer and many other people. Where it's a docu, it's a documentary uh, YouTube channel where they go to different video game developers, publishers, people in the industry and stuff like that, and they kind of just do stories on games. Um, mm -hmm. Really, really cool, interesting documentaries. Like, you get the history of Telltale Games, yeah. uh, the ESRB rating system, how that came to be. So it's like you find a lot of stuff. I would love to see a deep dive on Starfield, which I'm sure is something they'll they'll do because it's a yeah. big enough game and everything. But, okay. uh, you know. Well, I mean, uh, that's it for our Starfield segment of this episode. Um, looking forward to playing this game eventually. It's, you know, I mean, it's going to take me forever. Dan, I, I can't wait to hear about your exploits in Starfield. Let's see what um, I can do. Let's see if I can break space. Yeah, let's see if you can break space. But um, let's move on. Khalil's to been some... playing it, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I found out today. I was talking Nice. So we'll have to have him on so we can uh, have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into some wrestling. PB Dubs. PB Dubs. Not like that. PP Dubs. PP Dubs. TCB. Let's yep. go. All right, let's do some Power Bomb Weekly. I'm going to start sharing my screen. Hope this is. Hope that this works. Let's see. I'm gonna go back here. Gonna share my screen. Then I'm gonna click this. I want to do this window. Click this over here and share. That's long. Share that screen so we can see what's happening. We got it. All right. All right. So, Powerbomb Weekly. Yeah, <laughs> I had to make a whole song. All <laughs> right. So, um, we do want to start off with a little bit of sad, somber news. Um, so, uh, st first off, a whole lot of wrestling has happened in the last time we've done a podcast. So, I uh, want to pay respects right at the beginning. Um, Hall of Famer. WWE Hall of Famer. Just all around wrestling Hall of Famer. One of the all-time greats passed away. Terry Funk. Um, so many wrestlers that wrestle today, that have their characters today, that do the different types of styles they do today, exist because of this man. Terry Funk is a true legend. I mean, there's there's a bunch of people that have passed away, a bunch of wrestling pe people in the past, all legends in their own rights. Terry Funk, man, he came from a, a legendary family. His father, Dory Funk, his brother, Dory Funk Jr., 
um legends in their own rights but terry just sounds was, like the um the spades oh yeah but yeah terry Franck heat man and he he was out there he's wrestled all over the world um people like to call uh um mick foley a hardcore legend mick foley learned what he did from terry oh wow um so terry actually took mick foley under his wing and like you know t- he did a lot of stuff he did a lot of death matches in japan he was uh he did some stuff in ecw and he was already uh pretty up there in age uh he can go in there he could tell a story he could do a great you know in ring regular non-hardcore match like he can do it all or could do it all rather um truly a pioneer if there's ever been a pioneer in wrestling it is terry punk um this man spanned i don't know how many decades in wrestling like he started at a young age and he didn't stop till he was very very old till, till literally he could not physically do it anymore and he was still put on quality matches at that age so yeah shout out to terry funk a true icon true legend um true pioneer in the wrestling industry sad to see that he passed away and uh you know uh, much uh respect and uh you know thoughts and prayers out to his family and friends and anybody who's a fan of his so uh you know shout out to terry funk and all that he's done for the industry um, so we got that. We do have another one that passed away. Now this one did hit. Uh, this one did honestly hit a little bit uh, hard uh, at the young age. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Bray this Wyatt. one. This one sucked. Um, Damn. Yeah, Bray Wyatt, real name uh, Wyndham uh, Rotunda, uh, uh, passed away uh, a little while ago. This was a tough one. So I was actually, I forgot what I was doing. I was, I was doing something. I was looking at my phone. Uh, looking at Twitter, and uh, I saw uh, Triple H had put out a tweet 14 minutes before I'd started looking. Yeah. Announcing that uh, he had found out from uh, JDB Hall of Famer, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, IRS was his thing. His gimmick was he was like a, a, t- yeah. a tax person. Uh, that was uh, Wyndham Rotunda's father. Um, he, uh, he had notified Triple H uh, that Wyndham, uh, we know him as Bray Wyatt, had uh, passed away due to a heart condition. Um, so it was really sad, very, very much so unexpected. There were some reports that he was out due to an injury. Then there was another one saying that he was out due to illness, but he was supposed to be coming back really soon. Uh, mm-hmm. He was out for a bit, and he was supposed to do some stuff at this past WrestleMania, and he wasn't. They kind of, like, scratched things. And we're like, okay, he's going to show up at some point. Uh, we were just sitting around waiting. And, uh, you know, then this was uh, broken down to everybody, so... Very sad, very reminiscent of um, Eddie Guerrero back in 2006 um, and uh, Benoit, because this is not something that was, um, you know, that was expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as far as the details go, honestly, if you guys want to look that up, you can. Obviously, there was like some type of heart condition. We don't really know exactly what's going on. There's been a couple different things going on. We do know that he was sick um, due to, you know, illnesses or whatever. And uh, you know you succumb, but um, honestly, this 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 hit hard. Uh, so Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt's one of, in more recent years, has definitely been one of my favorites, many people's favorites. Mm-hmm. He for the longest time was considered the 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 new this era's Undertaker, and then he kind of like hit did this thing where it's like, nah, he's not even that. He's truly his own thing, um, where he came up with so many versions of Bray Wyatt, like. When he first showed up, he was just this dude called Husky Harris. It was just like, oh, what's he going to do? Uh, and then he kind of didn't do much. He was part of the new NXT, dropped down to uh, 
FCW, which became East, uh, NXT, and he came up with this idea of this. What if he's a cult leader who came out from like the swamps? Uh, this man called Bray Wyatt, who listened to this woman called Sister Abigail. Who is Sister Abigail? We don't know. But Bray Wyatt tells these crazy stories. Um, he has these men who are over seven feet tall that all follow him. Damn. Uh, yeah, he walks out there. He he would um, he called the people his fireflies. So whenever everything would go dark, everybody would pull out their cell phones, flash the lights. So that's his fireflies going nice. after, and he would have arenas full of fireflies. That's um, working at concerts at the arena. That was always one of my favorite things to see. Yeah. Um, because I used to work at the stage, so I had a view of the audience, yep. and when they all put on their flash uh, yeah. lights, it's it's an amazing sight to see, especially oh, yeah. if you're seeing it in person. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. And uh, Bray did that. One of my favorite moments, one of my favorite uh, moments of his career was um, he was feuding with, um, I believe it was John Cena. And uh, he had this thing where it's like he called himself, um, the, the people were the sheep and he was their shepherd. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like his, his, his storyline, like his stuff, he was crazy. He, like he had some really cool creative stuff and people would wear sheep masks. And that's how when you're a member of the Y family, you would wear a sheep. You're one of his, one of his uh, sheep there. Um, and, uh, he had this whole thing where he, he said that he was the eater of worlds and, um, he had the whole world in his hands and you know, the song, he's got the whole world. So there was one time he was shooting with Cena and Cena was always, you showed us this, the the creepy video. Yeah. Where it's uh, the bunny, um, that's something else, but yeah, that's different. That's what I'm saying. Bray White's had so many moments. That's the white rabbit. That's a whole, but the the, the whole, I'm the eater of worlds is very interesting because I feel like it's a play on a quote from the Bhagavad Gita. Mm. I'm the destroyer of worlds mm-hmm. um, from Vishnu, which is, again, something Oppenheimer had quoted after he invented the the atom yeah. bomb and it's been dropped. But I wouldn't be surprised if Bray got it. He's a very like well-read individual. He yeah. did a lot of research, and he, he you could tell he was smart. Yeah. Uh, but there was this one moment where it's just like everything will kind of go black, and then you would hear like a little girl singing. He's got the whole world. And then yes, yes. it opens up, and then you see it's a crowd. It's a choir of children. And John Cena's like, oh, my God, he got the children. What the fuck is this? And then the arena started singing. Everything goes black. Everything turns back on. All the kids are wearing sheet masks. Damn. And then Bray Wyatt comes out with the Wyatt family. It's like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this is insane. Like, um, you have that. Uh, we all know Daniel Bryan now, Bryan Danielson with the yes chance and all that. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest yes chance moments was he did this thing where something happened where he was forced to join the Wyatt family. He became one of Wyatt's, you know, part of his cult. And when Wyatt was like. When Bray was um, when Daniel Bryan was going to kind of get kicked out of the group, people were really starting to cheer for him. And then one day he's going up and he's fighting against Bryan, and they're going back and forth going back against Bray Wyatt, and they're going back and forth. And they have this one moment where people are so invested, they're so loud, they're so excited, they all start chanting, "Yes, yes, nice. yes." So Bray Wyatt plays a part in so many people's uh, careers. Uh, so it's sad to see him go. Between that, between the uh, when he did the. Um, like the Mr. Rogers-esque uh, storyline thing where he wore a red sweater and then he had these different puppets that represented different moments of his career. And then he was like a weird, sick, twisted version of Mr. Rogers where his alter ego was the fiend where he yeah. had this, like never like this non-stoppable like wrestling demon who would go out and just beat the shit out of people. And it was any version, any idea Bray Wyatt came up with just worked. This man was a genius. Uh, he was one of the people that got let go by Vince when Vince was firing everybody. And some people were just like, man, Bray Wyatt doesn't need wrestling. Wrestling needs Bray. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, maybe he's going to go work in Hollywood. I remember that was a big rumor. Like, because he can do that. 
Um, but anyway, he passed away. Uh, sad to see him go. At such a young age, you can see there, born in 87, died in 2023. Uh, man's in his, uh, what's that, mid-30s, uh, mid to late 30s, uh, passing away. So it's very sad to see. So once again, thoughts and prayers out to all his family, friends, and uh, and fans. So uh, sad to see him go. But, um, you know, they did pay some nice tributes to both he and Terry Funk uh, on all wrestling promotions, WWE, AEW, all of it. So it was very nice to see. So we got that. Um, now let's uh, jump into some some not-so-sad news. AEW put on what they're calling the biggest wrestling event in the history of history. Um they went to Wembley Stadium and they did all in. Uh, last time an all in show took place was when a couple of indie wrestlers by the names of uh, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and then Kenny Omega decided they were going to put on an indie show to end all indie shows. They called it all in because they were going all in. And that show changed the world. Um, a company came out of it called AEW, which is still changing the world to this day. So AEW is like, hey, we're going to do a show. We're going to do it in Wembley, Wembley Stadium, one of the biggest arenas, one of the most monumental arenas in the world, in London. And they went ahead and they sold 81,035 tickets. This is what they're saying is the biggest uh, sell of tickets, uh, tickets sold ever in the history of wrestling. Um, now they're saying because they gave the specific, specific number and they're not counting – comp tickets that they gave to family and friends. They're not counting anything. These are literally just tickets sold. Um, for years, WWE has always been saying, hey, we sold 100,000, 90-something thousand, 80-something thousand, but they never specified, like, hey, these are comp tickets. And it was always kind of like an inside thing where it's just like, okay, if they sold, they sold. They say they did 100, maybe they did around 80. Maybe they did 70-something. So AEW is just like, we did 81,035 tickets. We did the math, and we could show it. <laughs> like, yeah. if you need to check it, we got yeah. it. We legitimately sold that. So it's pretty cool that they did that. That's uh, that's what like the concerts at the um, at MetLife were selling this summer. Yeah, like Taylor Swift and yep. um, Ed Sheeran, Beyonce. Oh yeah, yeah, they were selling what, that much tickets. One of the cool things that about many. this, yeah, one of the cool things about this is these tickets sold out before they ever announced a match. Damn, <laughs> they were just like, we're gonna be in Wembley Stadium, and everybody was just like, fuck yes. We're like, bet we're going to be there, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, they put on one hell of a fucking show. Um, It was great. So I'm going to go through some of the highlights of uh, All In. So first off, I'm going to start off with a nice little feel-good moment. Uh, Soraya Bevis Knight, um, formerly known in WWE as Paige. Um, She won the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, it's cool because she's, she's British. She got to do it uh, in, a, in an arena that's not too far from her home. She got her family, who are all wrestlers, to be a part of this. And they got to share this moment in her home country, which is awesome. What makes it even better is that Soraya, back when she was in WWE, had a very bad injury. Similar injury to what Edge had had and forced him to retire for so many years. Damn. And she was told she could never wrestle again. Um, she rehabbed crazy hard for years. They got a couple other doctors to look at stuff. She did a couple of different like surgeries and stuff like that. And they were just like, listen, you're good to do this now. If you think you could do it, she's like, fuck yes, let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, she, uh, is, you know, as soon as she could, she left A to B, uh, cause they weren't going to let her wrestle anymore. Yeah. She wanted to go to AEW. She did. 
And uh, she goes out to the ring with her family, um, who are all very much a part of the match, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, she did it. She went out there and she won the world championship in front of her family and friends and her home country. It was a really feel-good moment. Really feel-good moment, especially if you're somebody who thought she was never going to wrestle again. Um, and she's very young, too, Aslam. She's like, I don't even know. if She's like very early 30s, if that. Damn. Like, and she's been wrestling for years. Like, she started wrestling when she was a little girl. She likes to make the joke that she was wrestling before she was born because her mom, the one in the red hair there, yeah. uh, apparently was wrestling before she found out that she was pregnant with Soraya. Damn. <laughs> so she said she was taking her first bump before she was ever born. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So getting to see her go out there and do this is really cool. Um, she did it kind of like a, a a face turn where she, her and her, she's part of this group um, where they're kind of just like heels. They're just like, hey, we're not AEW originals. We came from a better company, meaning WWE, her and two other wrestlers. And they're like, we're taking over. We're going to show you guys how it's done. And then she kind of like turned. Well, one of them kind of like accidentally attacked her mother. She's like, that's my fucking mom. And then her mom's like, I'm beat the shit out of you. I'm a fucking wrestler. <laughs> so then, you know, they kind of did their thing. And it was pretty cool. But yeah, at the end of the day, Saray wins a championship. Great to see that. Love to see that. And she got to spend, uh, do the moment with her family. So that's always good to see. Um, now we're going to go kind of backwards a little bit. The first match of AEW all in CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Um, the, this is a tale as old as time. As long this is beauty and the beast right here, except they're yeah. both beasts. Now CM Punk and Samoa Joe have wrestled in aid and ring of honor many times over the years before they ever became household names. And they always put on bangers and Joe always fucking beat punk. That was just the rule. CM Punk yeah. versus Joe, Joe wins. Um, they go on to have careers. They separate from each other. One goes to TNA. One goes to WWE. One retires. So the other goes to WWE. He comes back to AEW. The other one comes back to wrestling. They both meet in AEW. They wrestled one time. Punk won by a roll up. He by the skin of his teeth. He actually beat Punk for the. He beat Joe for the first time. They're like, okay, they're gonna do it again. All in. They go out and they have a fucking banger. CM Punk decides he's gonna fucking fucking start doing moves from like famous WWE wrestlers because he's kind of <laughs> being the heel in this match. Yeah, he's like fuck it, I'm gonna do the Hulk Hogan leg drop. I'm gonna do the John Cena fucking you can't see me and all this yeah. shit. So it's like everyone's like, boo, you suck, fuck, you're a bad guy. And Joe is just being Joe. He's just out there being fucking malicious. He's a monster. Um, they're fighting, and at the end, uh, CM Punk does come out uh, on top, victorious with a uh, what's it called the Pepsi Plunge, um, where it's basically a pedigree from the top rope. Um, so he does that to Joe, which is not easy because Joe's a large man. Yeah. But um, yeah. So they put on one hell of a match. Like you could tell these guys are veterans. Like they've been around, they've been doing this for a while because they fucking put on a show. Um, I was looking at a couple different images to put up here for us, and I was like, I want something just as pure as this. Just them about to lock up for the first time at the beginning of the match. Doesn't get better than that. So Punk and Joe, one hell of a fucking match. Loved it. Uh one of my favorite matches uh of the night for sure. Then I'm just going to jump to the main event. Couldn't find a good image, and it's really upsetting. <laughs> but, um, man, Eslam, one of the most <laughs> storylines I'm most invested in ever is right here. MJF, who's on the left. Oh, right. He was Adam going off. Like, MJF, he won the world title by cheating many months ago. Uh, he used William Regal to have Regal betray Moxley to win the world championship. MJF is the perfect piece of shit heel that you love to hate. He's just <laughs> like, hey, I'm champion. I'm not going to wrestle unless I fucking have to. Like, he'll have one match a month, and people are like, you fucking suck. And then he goes out there and is like, damn, he's really fucking good at this, though. And then it's just like, you can't help but boom because 
He's a piece of shit, but he has the best matches. He's in great shape, and nobody's better than him on the microphone. Then you have Adam Cole. Adam Cole is one of the most beloved wrestlers in the fucking history of wrestling. Um, he grew. He, he started off as a heel in Ring of Honor. Uh, he has some of the best chants. He goes boom like this and points at himself, and everybody loses their fucking mind. As I do it at home every time I watch this man on my TV. And so does everybody else. And then he does this thing where he says his name, and you shout Bebe after it, because that's the rule. So Adam Cole, Bebe. Yeah. Um, so... These guys had a match a little while ago uh, on, I don't know if it was Collision or if it was Dynamite, I can't remember, and it went to a, um, a time limit draw where Adam Cole was about to pin him and win, but in wrestling tradition, uh, it was one, two, clock ran out of time. So it was like, fuck, yeah. Cole wanted five more minutes. They couldn't do it. And I was like, Cole was going to do it. He was going to dethrone MJF. And then a tournament happened where they're like, hey, we're going to do a tag team tournament. People have to be teamed up together, and it's going to be random. Of course, Adam Cole and MJF are forced to become a tag team. They're like, listen, I don't like you. I don't like me. One of us is going to screw the other over. Let's just see what happens. And because storylines and wrestling are amazing, Islam, they became friends for real. <laughs> True <laughs> friendship emerged. And it's amazing because they're just like every moment you think, oh, well, I'm going to turn on the other. It's usually MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole. And it doesn't happen. And then they keep on going. And then they do these backstage segments where like, Adam Cole's like, hey, let's play the new AEW video game. And MJF's like, well, you know, video games are for losers and virgins who live with their moms in their basements. He's like, no, they're, they're pretty cool, MJF. You should try it. And he's like, you never played games? He's like, well, I never had anybody to play games with. It's like, don't you Sounds have friends? Like he's like, no, I never had friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and they build a friendship. And it's one of those things where it's like, as this is happening, MJF is starting to kind of become a babyface. But he's still a piece of shit, which is the funniest thing in the world. Like, he'll save some really fucked up, annoying shit. He's like, it's okay, guys. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to be a better person. And it's amazing. He basically says, I'm a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag. That's yeah. his thing. So um, they go out there. Uh, they they almost win the tournament. They almost become AEW World Tag Team Champions. They're like, you know what? Let's try it one more time. Let's try to win, win the Ring of Honor uh, titles. So on the pre-show, very first match, it's MJF and Adam Cole going up against... I believe it was Aussie Open, and they win the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Then later that night, these two guys who just had a match who are champions have to fight each other for the world title because MJF is like, listen, you're my best friend. I want to give you a shot at the title at the biggest arena there is. They go back and forth, and uh, so they win their tag team match together. They go out later, and they're fighting. And the whole time, everyone's like, okay, MJF's a piece of shit. This is it. He's going to do the heel turn. He's going to turn on Adam Cole finally. As they're going through the match, Adam Cole is doing dirty shit he's hitting mjf with the thumb in the eye he's giving him low blows he's doing everything he can to cheat and mjf is like what the fuck i'm supposed to be the bad guy <laughs> it's like we're supposed to be cool what happened and they're just beating the shit out of each other like it's going intense that's long. like one hell of a match and what everybody's famous uh favorite eddie guerrero spot where he would like hit the hit a chair on the yeah ground, yeah and fall they, yeah they have a one of the best eddie guerrero tributes i've ever seen where it's like MJF, like at this point, they're both cheating <laughs> and yeah. trying to see who's going to come out on top. So he does the thing. He slams the the <clears> chair. <throat> he slams the ground with the chair. He tosses it to Adam Cole. Adam Cole's like, no, I toss it to you. Obviously, the referee can't see what's happening. And then MJF does the smartest thing I've ever seen. He's just like, fuck it. He opens up the chair, puts it on his head, and then lays down. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both laying there. And the referee is like, what is this? Adam Cole's like, I didn't hit him. It was like, well, obviously you did. The chair's wrapped around his head. Yeah. <laughs> and it was perfect. Um, so they had moments <laughs> like fun. that. And then um, at the very end, they're, uh, they're going. And I think what there was a draw. 
it was either time ran out or yeah. they something happened. It was a double count out. I don't know what it was. And everyone's like, this is bullshit. And then Adam Cole says it again. Uh, Max, that's MJF's first name. Give me five more minutes. And MJF grabs the microphone and he says, no. We're going to keep going until we get a fucking winner in Wembley Stadium. And everybody loses their fucking minds. They go out. They keep fighting. In the end, MGF wins. He retains the title. And then he's like, hey, he's trying to hug. Adam Cole's like, we did it. We're best friends. Adam Cole's like, no, fuck you. And MGF's like, I thought we were friends. Like, you were always going to turn on me. Here, take the title and hit me with it. And he turns his back. Really emotional moment. <laughs> and then this other guy comes in. His friends Adam Cole's like, do it. Hit him. Hit him. And then he does it. And then they hug it out. And everybody's cheering. There's people. Grown men are crying. It's amazing. Um, they they, nice. they overcame the title and they stayed friends, hmm. uh, which is great. So uh, that was all in. One of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. And then CM Punk gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, to kind of go through this, uh, so the very first match, like I said, with CM Punk versus Joe, uh, that's the first match on the main show. On the pre-show, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry was going up against Hook for the FTW championship. There's a moment in the match where Jack Perry uh, is doing a move to Hook on a car, and uh, he slams him on the windshield. He smacks it. He goes into the camera, and he says, real glass, cry me a river. Everyone's like, okay, I guess what the fuck's that mean? Whatever, we're watching wrestling. The, mo- the show keeps on going. Reports start going out that there was a fight backstage mm-hmm. again between jungle boy jack perry and cm punk and after the show is over uh they do a media scrum like they normally do tony khan's like hey i just want to say there was an issue backstage we are investigating it i'm not going to answer any questions about that the week moves on now mind you this pay-per-view happens on saturday the next major show is wednesday uh dynamite within all that time a bunch of stories come out jack perry went to cm punk and was just like hey do we have a problem? Punk went to Jack Perry, said, hey, why the fuck do you use real glass? Apparently, there was a segment a couple of weeks ago where they were going to do a similar thing with a car and everything, and they were going to do it on Collision, CM Punk's quote-unquote show. And Punk kind of denied it because he has like some type of creative rights in the show or something like that that was yeah. given to him. He's like, hey, we don't do that shit on Saturdays. You could do that on Wednesdays with all the other guys, meaning like the Elite and Kenny Omega and all them. On here, we do actual wrestling. And a lot of people didn't take a liking to that. So supposedly one of them started the fight with the other. Um, something happened where everybody kind of agrees that one put the other in a sleeper hole to kind of like defuse the situation. Uh, Samoa Joe was one of the people who had to kind of like defuse things. So this happened right after the Jack Perry match and right before the Punk match. So they were kind of like encountering each other right backstage before they were about to, you know, switch matches. Another report shows that monitors were knocked over backstage, and at one point, CM Punk was so pissed he was gonna he lunged at the owner of the company, Tony Khan, who's mm-hmm. been like his biggest defender. So what happens is this happens: Punk goes out, has one hell of a banger of a match with Joe, comes back, and another rumor is that it was heard in an office that CM Punk is shouting at Tony Khan, saying over and over, "I fucking quit, I'm done, whatever." Then uh, reports show that CM Punk decided to leave the arena to not cause any more commotion. Um, he goes to, I think it was, uh, the train station or whatever, and found out that his train was like no longer booked. He had to find his own transportation home and it was like a whole thing. Mm. Uh, so that all happened. Everyone's like, what the ha- what the fuck's happening? There was other rumors that he might've started a fight with Miro, but it turns out that it wasn't real. So we're like, what's real? What's fake? What's happening? Uh, and then Saturday happens collision. Now, one more thing I want to mention. So Sunday, Saturday is Wembley stadium. Um, no, I'm sorry. So yeah, it was Sunday was the pay-per-view and all in. 
uh, Wembley Stadium, and then they go to Chicago, which is CM Punk's hometown, for Dynamite. Punk's not there. He and Jack Perry are suspended. Saturday, uh, they're doing Collision, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Khan goes out to the arena, still in Chicago, and he announces CM Punk has been fired. We thank Phil Brooks, his real name, for everything that he's done for the company. Um, it's just a, right now it's a work environment where a lot of people feel like they're not safe, and he was fired because of reasons or whatever, with cause, they say. And uh, upon further investigation, there was a lot of people that kind of like gave their suggestion, and in the end, Tony Khan made his final decision. He fired CM Punk. People booed him because mm-hmm. they're in Chicago. Yeah. Um, he also put a statement out on Twitter saying the same thing. This is in Chicago. Then Sunday, they do all-out pay-per-view in Chicago. So they did a two pay-per-views within one week, two major pay-per-views, all-in, then all-out. Um, CM Punk's not there. He's already fired, and this was supposed to be a big CM Punk show. Um, so they had to do a show without Punk. Now, one thing that happened, when he announced that Punk was fired, they dropped 19% in views right there. Literally, he announced it, and a bunch of people just turned off the channel like they're not watching this. Um, Punk has had a lot of issues I've talked about on the podcast, but... He has a huge fan base, and there's no denying mm-hmm. that. Anyway, let's go into All Out. Punk is fired, and they need to move forward. And we have this match. So Ricky Starks, the man who's the getting murdered. fuck is happening? <laughs> Jesus. There, yeah, there, so there was supposed to be a match. That man, Ricky Starks, was supposed to be fighting CM Punk on this show. They had to find a replacement. So they went and got the American Dragon, the best fucking wrestler to ever live, Brian Danielson. And they're like, hey, you're going to fight him in a strap match. And they have a banger. As you can see, Brian Danielson tried to murder <laughs> Ricky Starks. Um, and it was one hell of a fucking match. One of the best strap matches I've ever seen. A strap match is they have uh, just a piece of leather where it's wrapped around each wrestler's wrist. And you're allowed to use it in the match. And you can use it any way you want, such as this. Anybody who's not watching the YouTube version, I highly check it out. Uh, suggest you check it out. Ricky Starks is hanging upside down in the turnbuckle. Um, Daniel Brian Danielson has the strap wrapped around Ricky Stark's neck and is just yanking on it. <laughs> so pretty entertaining. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty good match overall. Um, they uh, they went out in the end. Um, Damn, that looks like disco from this angle. <laughs> so in the end, is this Brian, why he's not here this week? <laughs> he he's recovering from this match. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, uh, Brian Danielson ends up winning. Uh, Ricky Starks ends up passing out. Never tapped out. He passed out. Uh, you know, and Brian Danielson wins the match. Everybody's praising Ricky Starks because he's still fairly young, still not new. He's been doing it for a little bit, but everyone's like, this is his moment-making match. This is, is his career moment. Everybody's going to remember this. So this was like a very, very good showing. And Brian Danielson, honestly, he's proving more and more every day that he might be the greatest wrestler who ever lived. So it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, honestly, you get him in a match, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal match. So we got that. And they saved it. This was remember, it was supposed to be punk. So this match was even built up in storyline or nothing. They were just like a day before they're like, hey, you're fighting Brian, o- Dan- Brian Danielson. And they just put on a fucking banger. Mm. Um, so that was one hell of a match. Then we have <laughs> Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, so this picture right here I chose is a avalanche blue thunder bomb that's being happening. That's happening. Where Kanosuke Takeshita is up. I mean, how high is Kenny Omega there? That's that's at least like fucking like ten feet. And they're falling off the ring, and Kenny Omega is gonna just die. Uh, one hell of a match. This is Omega, who's called the best bout machine, considered the best by many people, and Kanosuke Takeshita, who's supposed to be the guy who's taking over after Omega in that t- in that status. So they're going on there. It's kind of like a passing of the torch moment, sorta. One hell of a match. They're going out there. It's heavy hitting, and there's this one move in particular. Not even this one, 
where it's a high angle suplex where Kenny Omega is completely upside down. Uh, and he does get slammed in this position. And it's just like, how the fuck did he walk away? Like, how does he still have a spine? You know, hmm. one hell of a match. They went back and forth in the end to catch the wins. Um, he did cheat with the help of Don Callis. It's a whole long story, storyline stuff. We don't need to get into it. But once again, bang over match. Now, mind you, this is a pay-per-view a week after all the crazy matches they had in All Out. And yes, these guys did have matches that were pretty intense then. So they kind of just went out and kept going. Um, and then last one I want to talk about here is the main event where we had for the AEW International Championship, John Moxley defending against the longest reigning champion and I believe AEW uh, International Championship history, Orange Cassidy, in the main event. So very happy to see Orange make the main event. Uh, he had defended the title, I think, over 30 times. The man who's lazy and doesn't like doing anything. He didn't even carry the championship. You know, wrestlers, they wear championship, whatever. He would just put it in a backpack and walk out to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and he defended it 30 times, oh, banger after banger. Speaking of Orange Cassidy, mm. uh, I forgot where I was. We There was this show on this, like, uh, this The Floor is Lava. Yeah. And Brian and Orange Cassidy and two other wrestlers were on that show. Best friends, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a chick and another guy. Yep, and um, it was really funny. Oh yeah, because at some point he was just chilling there, like he he just sat on the wall for a minute. The other two were doing their thing. Then he kind of did something. Then he would just stop and like, and then he ended up falling in the lava. But <laughs> it was just sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. That's Orange Cassidy to a T. Yeah. Um, so he went out there. And then he'd be like, yeah. With the <laughs> So one of my favorite moments is like when they're building up this match. Like I said, Orange Cassidy's been defending this title against everybody and just coming out on top. This was just going to be his biggest challenge, Mox. And uh, you know how wrestlers have the, you know, uh, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Like mm -hmm. they have their catchphrases. Orange Catch Cassidy right. said one of the best things I've ever seen uh, where it's like this was like the pay-per-view before. He's like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I can to beat you. My name is Orange Cassidy and I don't have a catchphrase. <laughs> Which is like one of the best things I ever heard. <laughs> so I hope that's his catchphrase moving forward, uh, if anything. And they go out there and they have a match. Now, you know, um, I don't know if you remember Aslan, when Orange Cassidy does his little thing where when he has his hands in his pockets, he gives yeah. you those like little kicks. Yeah. He did a moment in this, and I, I knew they were going to do this at some point in the career, and I was waiting for it. And they fucking they pulled it off. At one point, Moxley's on the ground. Mind you, Moxley's been beating his ass. Uh, well, no, this is later on. But anyway, Mox is on the ground. And uh, Orange Cassidy gives him a little kick. Everyone's like, does the, oh, you know, like they always do. And then he keeps doing it. And then he starts doing it harder. And hard, he's legitimately kicking. It was like, oh, shit, Orange Cassidy's really going out. He means it this time. And everybody's losing their shit because, as you know, Orange Cassidy's a really good wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So he's turning himself up. And everyone's like, oh, shit, Orange is about to fucking go off. And he kicks the shit out of Moxley. And they're going back and forth. Orange Cassidy's busted open in this match. Moxley is getting to the point where it's like he keeps on hitting all these finishers on, on Orange, and Orange just will not stop. Like he won't give up. At one point, he does the laziest kick out I've ever seen in my life, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like instead of doing the whole put his arm out and everything, he was just, uh, he just rolled over <laughs> and his shoulder got up. <laughs> and Moxley's doing like great facial expressions. Like, how the fuck can I not beat this guy? Like, this is, he's Orange Cassidy. Who the fuck is he? And Orange Cassidy's just proving him wrong. In the end, Mox hits him with a, like a, a finisher. Uh, then he does another one where it's just like 
he hits him with his uh I think it's the Death Rider he hit him with. He has a couple finishers. And Orange Cassidy does the thing where he gets up. And if I remember correctly, he kind of just like gave him his like middle figures with like they were both like barely standing up or whatever. And I think he might have put his hands in his pocket, something along those lines. Mox hits him again, uh, and then he wins. He beats Orange. Um, and then as he's walking away, his group, the Blackpool Combat Club, they kind of go by, they pick him up, and they're like, You did it, you did it. And Moxley, like I said, great facial expressions the whole time. He's like, I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know. I almost couldn't beat this man. Like Orange Cassidy was a demon. (laughs) And it was great because Orange is just laying there. He's like dead. Uh, The best friends, like the guys and the girl, they come out. They're cheering. Everybody gives this man a standing ovation, which is well-deserved. And uh, no, one hell of a match. Uh, So Mox wins the night. I mean, Mox wins the title, but, uh, you know, Orange Cassidy wins the night. He gets the stand tall in the ring by himself, getting the standing ovation. I hope this moves him towards the world title picture soon. Because uh, he was proven that he can handle it, but uh, great, great week uh, for I AEW. Would love to see the laziest world title holder. That I mean, that's a, like he was great with the with the international title. Like the man literally just have a backpack. It's just like here, it's my championship. But um, no, it was great. Um, overall, great shows. The whole CM Punk drama happened. We'll, hopefully, we'll see where we go from there with that. There's a lot of stuff that happened to be as well. They had a pay per view payback. John Cena. Recently came back and he's going to be with to be for a couple months. It's not just like a one and done thing. Dwayne, Dwayne, you just come back for one show every six years. John Cena's out of here doing the damn thing. But um, but yeah, so that's I mean a lot of wrestling going on everywhere. But that's that's the highlights. I know it's a lot. This was a long episode of Powerbomb Weekly. I do apologize everybody, but there was just so much that had to be talked about. But uh, yeah, that is my wrestling news. Noise, noise, noise. Um. All right, let's jump into final thoughts and and this bad boy. Man, um, Starfield, PBW, TCB, LWG, FVG, LS3. And DTA, never forget it. That's right. But yeah, no. Um, you know, uh, g- glad to be back this week. We didn't get all three of us, but we will eventually. Um, you know, we missed last week, obviously. So, so apologies to everybody who's expecting the episode. Uh, we came back at you um, with a lot <laughs> this time around. But, um, yeah, hopefully we get all three of us next week. See what we can do. Um, expect to hear more about Starfield because I'm definitely going to get hands on that. 100%. All right. Um, I already said my piece. Thank you for listening to Los Wise Guys podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on social media. Like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Um, don't forget to check out the Los Wise Guys website. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.